Welcome to Spotlight McCall, conversations with local luminaries on their inspiration, creativity, and vision. I'm Renee Silvis, and today we're here with Bob Wooper. Bob arrived on the board of directors for the Brundage Mountain Company in 2009 and became president and managing director in 2013. Recently, he created Brundage Mountain Holdings LLC and acquired the resort plus over 380 acres of private development land at the base of the mountain. Bob has logged 25 years in the ski industry total. He's been president of the Idaho Ski Area Association and prior to his Brundage days gave nine years to the Bogus Basin Board of Directors. He began as a civil engineer in power plant development. So imagine wrangling the engineering, construction, financing, and operations of a hydroelectric power plant. I'm going with you like playing with water, Bob, whether firing up a turbine or carving it with your skis. That's so, a great start. <laughs> right? Am yeah, I getting it? You're, you're right on. That's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's start with your engineering background. I'd yeah. like to hear about that and maybe how that prepared you for life in the ski resorts. Well, you know, I went to Colorado State University, which is fairly close to mountains. So education was, was half about civil engineering and half about skiing. So that was a good place to be, good place to, to go to school. And the resort there is called Hidden Valley. It was in the Estes Park area. And it doesn't exist anymore. And it's funny because, you know, over the last, you know, 40 years, the number of ski resorts in this country has just declined dramatically. So there's like 440 ski resorts left. But in the day, there was over 750. You know, a lot of small mom and pops. You know, the high-speed quad came in and put everybody out of business that couldn't afford one. So the ski industry, as you know, has changed a lot. And now we look to Vail and Aspen, the big juggernauts. It's changed dramatically. But we just went all the way from college to uh, 2020 very quickly. So I grew up there. Uh, my background was water resources. And so I got involved in, in energy and evolved into developing utility-scale power plants and finally into the renewable world, which is hydro back in the day in the 70s and 80s and then ended up with the large solar developments and um, and so my power background and my engineering background got me involved in the bogus basin board when we moved to idaho so i had a lot of friends there including the DeBoers, who were uh, neighbors down in boise you know the bogus board has always been made up of people who are contributing to the nonprofit, and so it's a working board it's not a uh, I'm just going to be a board member. It's I'm going to be a board member and I'm going to take care of banking side. I'm going to take care of the <clears throat> marketing side. I'm going to take care of, in my case, the infrastructure. We did a huge expansion down there. That's when we started. We built the first high-speed quad and then we built the Pine Creek and then we built the Coach's Corner area and through there. Those were all expansions. Was your in engineering Bogus. background sort of instrumental for that type of expansion? Yes. Yeah, it was because it was mm -hmm. civil-based and mm -hmm. water-based and so I kind of took on a project manager role for them and building those projects got me more involved in, in the ski industry, but basically from the, from the underground side up. The so, things people don't see are really right. the unglamorous part of it. Replacing sewer lagoons, <laughs> figuring out, you know, how right. that all works, right? You know, that's, you got to have all that stuff and, during a ski resort. And you also got your chops in nonprofits at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we did a lot of things for, for Bogus in the day and it was a great experience. And when I was done with that, you know, Judd being a neighbor and know him very well, and we would exchange stories all the time in the ski industry. At that time, um, the DeBoer family had bought out the Simplot family, and Brundage went from a 50 50 
operation to own by the DeBoer family. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Judd was involved in a land exchange, exchanging out Forest Service ground for private ground at the resort. So in that time of 07, 08, he asked if I'd come on the board because he didn't have a board at that point in time. Up so at it was at Brundage. So mm -hmm. then be Mike uh, DeBoer uh -huh. and, uh, and Judd and myself. Give us more of the background of Brundage, maybe, and, and yeah. the history of it, and moving into the years with the DeBoers. Yeah. I bet a lot of people don't know the history yeah. of Brundage. So, you know, Brundage was back in 1960 with Warren Brown mm -hmm. and um, a, a small cadre of people, including J.R. Simplot. They put together this concept, and it was really started with the little ski hill, right? So the little ski hill was there, and the jumping, and having a community activity, uh, what do you do up here in McCall? It's a long way from anywhere. It was even longer. As tough as Idaho 55 is now, it was a lot tougher back in 1960. So they put together the skiing and they said, you know, we need more, a better playground. And Brundage was that playground. And of course, JR had been involved in Bogus. Remember, the one square mile of property that's a recreation district in Bogus is um, something that JR created. And so he was involved in Bogus Basin. And then yeah. he came up here and got involved with Warren, and they, they started Brundage. So J.R. Simplot. Mm -hmm. Wow, I bet a lot of people don't know he was involved in this oh, yeah. industry. J.R. was fascinated by all this, and they, mm -hmm. they built the first tri-frame lodge, which was you know the version of the A-frame, but there was mm -hmm. three of them. They put up the double chair, and they named one side of it north and one side of it south, and those were your two runs, and you went up the double chair, and off you went. What more do you need? It was great. Yeah, so... <laughs> They got the ball all rolling, and that was a partnership for a long time. JR passed away, and the family wasn't as motivated, and Judd and Diane bought them out and mm -hmm. became 100% owner of Brundage Mountain. And some of it is leased from the Forest Service, and some of it is owned privately. Right. So the vast majority is you know, leased from the Forest Service. There's you know, over 3,500 acres, and uh, we have 19,000 acres, 18,500 to 19,000 acres of backcountry that we lease for our CAT program. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of acres that we, mm -hmm. in our permit boundary for Brundage, that's Forest Service ground. Then at the very base, there's 388 acres of private ground that's available for, for development. You know, in these days of wondering about lands and how they can be used, and that leasing from the Forest Service has been a valuable and resourceful relationship, one that you don't see changing. Right. They're an incredible group to work with up here. We're fortunate that we have um, the Payette National Forest fairly progressive in, in what they do. They've been great people to work with. Um, we've just had to transition there for a long time. We lost our Payette National Forest supervisor, and we lost Lisa Klinger, who had been in the McCall mm -hmm. District for mm -hmm. a long time. But in comes Jenny Blake, who has come been from the area, and she takes over at the district. And she's been here before, done that, knew the area, so she was great. So when we just completed the purchase of, of Brundage Resort. Actually, it was Jenny and the Payette National Forest that issued us a brand new 40-year permit for Brundage Mountain. It's all good. Yeah, good to it's, know, it's great, right? Great relationship, and that allows Brundage to grow and do the things we do. Yeah, and that argument for historic use, I suppose, begins to become valuable at some yep. point. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. So. so then you came on board. Um, tell us how you coming up to Brundage from Boise. Right. So when we, when we came on board, the idea was that we were going to move forward in some regards, similar to Tamarack, but not, you know, not Tamarack style. But we were going to move forward in that 07, 08, 09 period of time and start with the development of Brundage. Uh, good news, bad news, right? The good news was we didn't do it. 
<laughs> and pull the trigger and end up in 09 in bankruptcy, you know, like oh, Tamarack, right? Of course. Uh -huh. You know, so the big wall was hit and everything mm -hmm. went south up here. Mm -hmm. And boy, McCall, as you know, was really slow to recover, even much slower than Treasure Valley. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Tamarack had moved forward in troubled grounds and, and uh, had to shut down. Um, we were prepared with a master plan and we uh, went through the process with Adams County. Brundage is in Adams County, not Valley County. I don't know that people know that. Good point. So that complicates we work with things. Mike Paradis and the okay. commissioners down there in Adams mm -hmm. County and council and to get all that approved. So we went through and, and uh, created a master plan for the resort and have a PUD that's all approved for development so that we could move forward. And that was done in 08 and approved in 09. And we were poised to move forward. <laughs> and we didn't. And the economy went south. And so everything went on hold. So we continued to operate as everybody knew we were, Brundage Mountain Resort. We had just put in the two lifts. So um, we'd just gotten Lakeview in, yeah, got like, Bear Chair in. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we'd done a little bit of an expansion. Just enough of an expansion to give people a little bit more of something and retaining a sense of what's familiar. Right. Mm -hmm. It felt comfortable to go to Brundage. They weren't changing too quickly. But it's the same old kid center and it's the same old day lodge and, and same old facility, right. same yeah. bathrooms that we've all experienced for 60 years. So why not, right? It's charming. And it's very it's charming and rustic. It can be. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you not, know something about the, the sewer. Right. Then. Not all of our pass holders think their bathrooms are charming, but, um, <laughs> but that's okay. So good, good timing on that. And I was really there to help Judd and, and the family try to pull that off and, and get that going. So we went on... We went on a little bit of a holding pattern, mm -hmm. and we started to look more at the core resort, you know, what we wanted to do with the actual skiing and the resort side of that. And, and we've been working on those plans for, for several years. As a result, we have a, some revisions that we want to move forward with in our what's called our master development plan, mm -hmm. which is a plan that's approved by the Forest Service for the area. And so when they issue our new special use permit, it goes hand in hand with the master development plan for the resort. And then we would move forward with amendments with them. And so we're in the process right now of already putting forth an amendment that would include some new features at Brundage that aren't in the current master development plan. So can you talk a little bit about how things transferred to your control recently? Maybe talk a little, I mean, it makes sense that you're the one sort of carrying it forward. First of all, you know, Judd and Diane and Kitty and I um, and our families are uh, know each other very well. So we had a shared vision mm -hmm. for what Brundage needed to be. Brundage is one of those mountains that everybody here owns, right? They all have, they all feel that they own that mountain. And so you have yes. to be very careful, right? The, the real, you want that. You want it. Yeah. You want the and, community to feel that yeah. way. So the, the um, 600 pound gorilla that's on my back is, you know, don't screw that up, right? Yeah. And if you understand that and you understand what does make Brundage like that and you can preserve that, I think that's, in a sense, the vision of what you have to have for Brundage going forward. So the family was not interested in having a Vale or an Aspen or even a developer come in and uh, with their vision of Brundage mm -hmm. and turn it into a, a just a destination resort. And that's not what's going to happen. So in order to do that um, and preserve that vision, they wanted me to take this forward to the next level. So I needed to seek out and find some really great people who have a lot of history in, in Idaho and McCall to bring together into this investor pool so that we could recapitalize Brundage and take it forward. Because the ski, ski business is, is expensive <laughs> and the things that we're planning to do are, are not cheap. 
And so it takes some good deep pockets and some people with long-term vision and commitment because you don't turn that over in five years. So I put together a group. Um, we purchased the, all the assets of the resort and the land, pulled them back together because they'd been under two separate ownerships. The 380 plus acres. Right. Okay. And so that came. And so now the resort um, and the land are back together under Brundage Mountain Holdings. New consolidated. Thing. Consolidated. So that allows us to take a look at the resort and what we want to do for lifts and ski runs and take a look at the base area, what we want to do with uh, base area expansion and putting development on the base mountain so that we can start to enhance what Brundage has to offer. And yeah, so that's very exciting. So uh, you began this process a while ago. Well, we bring the master planning process, but not the, the acquisition. The acquisition process came uh, after Judd passed okay. and, and the family took a look at it and they said, you know, I think, you know, we've been talking about you know, how we were going to move it forward and how we were going to capitalize Brundage. And so it was always someplace on the horizon, but this just brought it near term. So we got it done in, you know, it's like 110 days to purchase a ski resort. So it was a fairly fast track, but it needed to be done quickly because we're going into our season right now. And there's certain times that are good times to, to do that transition, and this was one. Everything was lined up, and it worked mm -hmm. out great. And mm -hmm. there's no change in management. Um, I'm still here. Still you. <laughs> and still Ken Ryder as our general manager. It's still Marlene, you know, running the books. It's still the same guy in guest service. Still Rob McFadden, who's been there for 40 years. And mm -hmm. Eddie's in the shop. And Mike Salier is running the, you know, the mountain operations. And it's the same people that we've had at the mountain for years and years and years. We can reassure people that Brundage Mountain is staying within Idaho in terms of how it's being managed, how it's right. being run, even yeah. the ownership, we can say, staying right here. It's right here. And, and even closer than that, mostly McCall. So everybody that's really involved in this mountain right now has an interest in McCall. They're either a second home owner here, or they've got family who's moved here, or they've got investment here in business. You have to understand McCall as part of the equation, not just Brundage, right? So it's really important. How does McCall fit? How does McCall fit in Idaho? How does it fit relative to Treasure Valley? How does it fit relative to the 17 ski resorts in Idaho? Uh, and McCall's a special place, right? Yeah. You're talking about the, your investors. Yes. Everybody has a connection to McCall, yeah. understands McCall. And, and a commitment to that. you know. And that's when we talked about other things that were involved. I think Brundage has done a good job of getting really involved in the community in the last 10 years. It's been probably at the top of my list of, of things to do. That starts with the Winter Carnival Parade participation, the Ponderosa Center, um, the McCallski Heritage Foundation, the Chamber of Commerce, putting events down here. And of course, we own Activity Barn, which is just two miles outside of town, the Tubing Hill. Uh, when the farmer's market felt a little stranded this year, we moved the farmer's market out there yep. on Wednesdays. Wednesday and Saturday were great, you know, at the Activity Barn venue. You know, we are actively involved in what the city's doing, what the county's doing. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Um, in the last few years, you're all over town. We're all over town. We're actively involved in and everything that goes on, I'm on the COVID task force with Ken. It's just one of those things that we took an active role in because, you know, mm -hmm. the mountain is uh, it's got a plan and it worked very good this summer and we expect it to work very good this winter. So. And I think this conversation about understanding McCall and being committed to McCall, really that's what I'm hearing here is that you're committed to the community. Mm -hmm. And this idea that there's Valley County and Adams County is kind of interesting. That even though it's located in Adams County, your commitment to this town in this area. It's, it's sort of an interesting mix, isn't it? It is. And, you know, we have a number of employees down on the Adams County side in, okay. in New Meadows and down into Council. And we have a number of employees down here in the McCall area, down into Donnelly. So we have employees 
you know, Frontage ramps up to over 300 employees in the wintertime. 300. So 300. That's a does, big deal. Does that include ski patrol? I know. Volunteers are the pay at Lakes Ski Patrol, which right. is over 70. Okay, so we're even moving close to 400 people yeah. who support the mountain. Right. So we're a part of Adams County and, and what they're doing. And in fact, one of the interesting purchases that we made was the RV park down in New Meadows, right? Really? You know, and people go, oh my gosh, you know, Brenda just bought an RV park. What are they doing? You know, and I had a hard time. It's a hard time to explain to people, but it's now the Creekside RV park down there. And we, as other people, have been part of the solution, I think, in employee housing. You know, I'll just spotlight on Shore Lodge. I think they're doing a phenomenal job on employee mm -hmm. housing. I don't think people know that. They are proactively um, acquiring, building, and developing two to three plus hundred beds for the employee search mm -hmm. that they have in the summertime. Well, we have that same need in the wintertime. The bar is high, Bob. You've mm -hmm. got to ante up as well. Ante up as well. So we're participating in that. We thought that the New Meadows area, which is very close to Brundage, sure. uh, was a logical spot for us. So we have a spot that we're, we're looking at right now. We've been developing mobile home sites down there, and we have um, a dozen employees down there that stay in those sites, and then we're going to expand that. And then we have a blank piece of property down there that's uh, been permitted for septic for another 88 units. And we'll be looking at that for some sort of, of development down there that will help us in the employee housing down the road. We know that we need to be part of that solution. That's why we're in the RV park business. So it was a different kind of purchase for Brundage. You know, it wasn't a sexy day lodge or a sexy run. It was, it was fact, creative. It was more creative. So tell us a little bit about your plans for Brundage as a resort. I know that word is loaded for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The resort plans are right there to your left. Um, you know, it's a nice big color map, and and it's exciting. I mean, can people go online and see the, the not yet coming mm -hmm. though? Yeah, they will be. Okay, and we'll be we'll be making this you know all available as we go, and you know you get a, a somewhat of an insight if you go and look at the Forest Service master plan, right? Because it has everything on there, lifts, lodges, you know what we can do, and then the Adams County PUD, which was approved, and it lays out the entire base area for what you can do. So there's things that are available for people to look at right now, but we're taking a little bit of a relook at that. And at the top of my list is is the East Side Lift, and that's very exciting because it is the, a backside lift. I think everybody thinks that we're going to be um, expanding to sergeants because they've all talked about it and you can see it over there and you know it was part of the plan. The part of the plan it is right now is to keep that as a, a good skin backpack backcountry ski area and I like it that way. Maybe it's my personal preference to get over there and if you ever want to get away from the crowds and get up to Brundage you know you're gonna be able to do that for years. You're and talking to the the people in the community who really love that. What a great area for that right yeah. and uh, it's nice to have this combination of a lift serve ski resort right next door, this great area you can skin to and ski down and get end up back at the resort where you parked your car. And then if you want to, you can jump on a cat and you're 19,000 acres on granite and slab butte of backcountry skiing. You know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, small ski resorts like Brundage that can offer that the acreage is unbelievable here. And we don't want to let everybody know, right? But, you know, that's the other burden that you have with Brundage in terms of and not screwing it up, is that it's low-density skiing. Even on the busy days, it may not be low-density in the parking lot, but when you're up, by the time you get up on the mountain, it's low-density, and right. um, yeah. that's a great thing. I mean, yeah. we don't ever have anybody complaining 
I shouldn't say that. People will complain anyhow, you know, because if they see somebody on the mountain, they say, wait, this is my run today, right? When you look at other resorts and um, you realize how blessed that we are, that we have such great access to backcountry skiing. And so east side lift, back to my, my fun topic, will be an amendment with the Forest Service on the backside. It's always been part of the plan the long-term plan back into the uh, 80s, you know, when they did their first amendment, there was to be a, they called that at the time the Lakeview Lift, out of view of the lake. So the whole east side, plus it's all at east aspect skiing, it opens up about another 20% of skiable terrain wow. of mixed use, green, blue, black, has some cliffs on the backside, it's a thousand foot vertical, and it goes from the very highest point, so it doesn't go from the Bluebird, but it goes up to where the very top cell tower is located mm -hmm. up there, and starts there and goes down the east side. And it's spectacular, and the snow is spectacular. And when, when will that be installed? So the first thing we have to do is get the Forest Service approval okay. on that. We're in that process right now. If we could get all that done and approved, we'd be looking you know, three years down the road to, mm -hmm. to build that lift. And, we, and from town, when we look up, are we going to be seeing some new runs? You'll see them just kind of like you did Temptation, like we see Temptation in, off of Lakeview right now. Mm -hmm. You see drop line. There'll be a couple that you'll see on more towards the sergeant side. Uh, so you'll see them more on that, on the sergeant rather than the near side. But we're only going to develop four groomed runs off of that. This is what I call, for those of who have skied Blue Sky Basin over in Vail, this would be uh, intermediate to tree skiing which we don't have a lot of, so some glades, intermediate glade skiing with groomed runs. So we're not going to just cut runs on that backside because there's a lot of incredible terrain. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about it. It's a different type of expansion. It's mm -hmm. our first pure east aspect, a significant expansion for the mountain. So that's next up. But, I love um, this progression. Who's going to argue with that rather than hearing the word accommodations? Right. Or... Sure. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So take us there. Yeah. What, what's going to be happening? There are some plans Abs along this Oh, ab absolutely. Sure. So the day lodge is um, aging. <laughs> Not getting we any know. younger, as we we're say. We're all waiting for that to happen. Uh, we're all yeah. waiting for it. But of course, it's all these years, for 60 years, um, it's provided all the food and beverage, yeah. the bathroom, the lodging. We've had weddings there. We've had events there. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's all a little the treasure. Ticketing is. Yeah. Um, but it needs to come down. Okay. Um, and it needs to be replaced, and you can't take it down until you replace it. So okay. it's a um, pretty ambitious project um, for us to get that done. We are full bore underway on doing that. We're working with local folks like Epicos, who's helping us design and plan that, Dave Pugh and Ray Murmel. We like to work with local people. Mm -hmm. We've got Crestline, and we've got CSASH engineers. We have a lot of local folks that are engaged in this process of helping us get the infrastructure and the design of the Stay Lodge done. And mm -hmm. it needs to be the next physical project. And we're working as fast as we can to try to get that all worked out. But it would be at the same base area. It would connect into the Kids Center. Um, we'll keep the Kids Center building renovate that, we'll connect this in, and it'll move everything a little bit closer to the bird. And I know that's hard to visualize right now, but we have a great plan to bring everything to grade at the drop-off and at the day lodge and at the mm -hmm. end of the bluebird. So for all of you who will miss those um, 45 steps to climb up to the deal or whatever the number is now, <laughs> right, right. Um, those are going to go away. Okay. So it'll take a few years to build that, and then we'll damage the day lodge, so that, the old lodge. That, and that's on private ground. So uh, there's no additional permitting. We're all approved for that in the master plan. So what we really need to do is get a design that we can get into Adams County so that they can look at it and, and issue us a building permit to go forward. Mm -hmm. So we're working on that design. And, of course, that's a big number, big expansion. 
will be advertising new bathrooms. That'll be the feature. The feature line will be new right. bathrooms at Brundage Mountain. And all the trends in the industry that you, we've seen in the last few years, you'll be able to integrate some really cool design elements, I, I imagine. Yes, we, we're working on all of that. Uh -huh. It's just going to be great. No, so we're all excited. Everybody's excited. You know, the staff is integral in this. They're helping mm -hmm. us, uh, food and beverage, skier services. So it's a pretty big group effort. What, what design sort of trends are happening that you are interested in, that you want to integrate in, into some of this? The, the mountain modern design, I hate to use that, it's so broad, right? The use of especially exterior materials, steel concrete, um, coarse textures, things that represent um, the wood mill, things that represent the mining, things that represent mm. that era that are a little bit harder textures like that, the variation are in vogue and are something that we'll be using on the new day lodge. Of course, the feature of this has to be the guest services area and then a restaurant to replace really the three places that we can eat in the lodge right now and that's a lot of capacity so we need a, a good sized base restaurant that will be redesigned from scratch so our food and beverage people are very excited about that and I'm sure something that looks up at the mountain has a big plaza a lot of outdoor you know facilities right everything is moving outdoor not just because of COVID but mm -hmm. because everybody likes an outdoor experience so mm -hmm. making the outdoors more indoor friendly yeah. is always the challenge. It's the you know to do, but we'll be looking at that as uh, big classes, big fire pits, big uh, social areas to congregate at, places for opera ski to come down, and it also has to support to some degree initial phases of development on the mountain. So as you go on the mountain and you start to look at what type of accommodations you're going to put on the mountain, whether it's a condo hotel or or whether it's um, you know, small versions of condos or multifamily or even single family, um, there has to be enough of a support base there that you can grab breakfast, lunch, and dinner and, mm -hmm. and sit in the bar for a little bit and grab a beer later on. Right. So lodging is way out there. Not really. This all has to go hand in hand. Okay. So uh, the advantage of now putting it all together under uh -huh. Brundage Mountain Holdings, we have the resort and Brundage Mountain Resort LLC, and then we have the land in Brundage Mountain Village. LLC. And the idea is that as the day lodge emerges and the east side lift emerges, that the accommodations, the first phase of accommodations emerge. So trying to scale all that and phase it so you don't obviously overspend, you don't get over your skis too far on this, is the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And we're excited about that. And people should be excited about that as well because we have a lot of folks that would come and just want to stay on the mountain and, and ski a couple days. Can you share with us what the first phase might look like for that? Yeah, I think the, the first phase is um, likely to be what we call the north end. And the north end is off of um, rodeo. And so for those of you who ski rodeo, come down north and hang a right and stay right and stay right all the way down until you get to the bottom of rodeo, the final phase. And then you take the you know the little trail that gets you back to the main lodge and there everything north of rodeo is private ground there that area is all ski and ski out it is yeah mm -hmm. so this is um, not a hidden secret this is going to be you know ski onto your back deck and ski back out and it's pretty exciting so you remember the downhill run for those of us and I was not here but from that the downhill was still being run top to bottom it started at the top of north and ran into the parking lot and it, it ran down and instead of rodeo ending there it actually kept going on lower north lower rodeo all into the parking lot they let that grow up since the late 80s I think maybe 88 was the last time it was used and it's all grown over so you can't even see it right now 
But that, we actually opened up a little. For those of you who were out early, I'm sure several people were out early with the snow this year skinning up and followed some directions. You found our little path over there that we made about 20 foot wide for you to go up through there and skin up to the top. So that area will serve as a great um, ski in, ski out to service that whole north end. So it allow you to ski into the property and ski out. So that is likely our first phase one area, which will be a combination of single family lots and multifamily duplexes, triplexes type of mm -hmm. opportunities in through there. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty exciting. So not necessarily a hotel. No. Um, you're looking mm -hmm. at selling some units. Yeah. Because you need to fund the development. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. Help me build a little bit bigger day lodge and start bringing some people onto the mountain. We need to bring some people on the mountain during the week. Like any resort, all of our peak days mm -hmm. are weekends. And you know, I'm sitting here thinking about sewage and fire and water. Good uh -huh. thing you're here to plan all this because you can actually think about the infrastructure right. to begin to put in this kind of development. Mm -hmm. It's more complicated than people realize. It is, yeah. I've got earth under my fingernails right now, so that's the <laughs> that's the kind of guy that I am. And yeah, you know and, how to do uh, it. This is not brand new. This is all actually laid out in the PUD. Okay. It's just it's laid out, you know, like a one big splash. Here's 388 acres, bam, here's the whole thing. And so it's really hard to noodle your way through that and figure out what was Brundage going to do? Where were they going to start? We're going to look at this very strategically and, and pick our spots, and, and we're working on that right now. So, and, and I hope by spring we're able to share the master plan, the first phase. We'll have a, some good concepts on the day lots that you'll be able to see, and hopefully we'll have amendment into the Forest Service on the east side lift, and then we'll start to shepherd these things through, and we'll start to get our pass holders excited. There's a long, you have to be very patient. Yeah. <laughs> Long process, a lot of pieces to put into place. Yeah. What about mid-mountain, top of the mountain, warming huts? You know, I learned to ski in Europe where you would land at the top, go have a drink at the top, ski down. You don't see that as much over here. Any plans for... It's funny you brought that up because... Kitty and I are following a, um, I don't know, some gal from the ski team who's a physical therapist and she produces a blog video. And so when you're saying, okay, I need to get in shape for, for skiing, you know, here's your five-week training session for skiing. So we started to do this in the morning. So we turn on the gal and she takes us through the exercise or whatever. And in between are all these vignettes on things. And they were comparing North American to European ski resorts. And they were saying, here's the top five things that you like about North American resorts, and here's what you don't like, and here's the top five things you like about European and what you don't. Number one is food on the mountain. Yeah, It was so funny you mentioned that, because it's like, you know, every place you go, there's a little stew, there's a little stew. A little, yeah, you, you sit know. outside, you get yep. your warm mug of glue vine, yep. of mulled wine, or mulled something, mm -hmm. and you sit outside on top of the mountain. Yep. It's kind of a special thing you look forward to. And it you is. Don't, you don't see it in North America. And you don't see it. And so we kind of like that concept. Yeah. So we'll be looking at that. Obviously, you know, Brilliant. we have the Bears Den, and mm -hmm. a lot of people haven't even found that as a, as a cool place. Well, it's kind of part of the fun is yeah. finding the hut. Finding the part, hut. It's part of the adventure. That's right. And, you know, so in our plans, obviously a top base. You know, we used to have the, the yurt up there, but that was kind of a dark inside mm. um, cigar scotch kind of a deal. It really wasn't the, the same concept that, we, that we're thinking of we, here. Which so is fine for a while. If my, if my kids are listening, there's nothing wrong with cigars and scotch. You know, right. um, it's great. But, yeah, that's part of the, the food is and spacing things out. It's all part of this plan. Oh, and, good. Yeah, very excited about that. And we're going to keep expanding the area so that we can keep skiers spaced, so that they have new opportunities while we 
you know, improve the base area mm -hmm. facilities. You should all be excited to know that the first thing that we did after we acquired the property and we closed on the deal was I put in a new 200-car parking lot which has been in the master plan, but mm -hmm. not part of the land that Brundage Company owned, but not part of the land that Brundage Mountain Holdings owned. So we took the opportunity in October, and boom, uh, we now have a 150-plus car parking lot for emergency, but we'll continue to expand that. One thing we don't want to do is, is have anybody drive up to the mountain and not be able to find a spot to park. Right. So I'm hearing you value low density on the mountain. That right. And high density, perhaps, if we want to put it that way, at the base in the parking lot, I think one of the charms of the Brundage experience are the tailgate parties. Yes, and yeah. That's something, mm -hmm. if you want to see your friends in the winter, you better be at the parking lot. You better be in the centennial parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's another one of those traditions. And, and we have a couple of investors that um, are great people, and they haven't been to the day lodge for over 10 years. And they've been skiing Brundage 30 years, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and they tailgate. And they say, you know, so they don't go right. into the lodge. They stay at the tail. They stay at the tail. And they're lodge. okay with the pit toilet mm -hmm. down there as well, too, apparently. Right. And that's just a tradition down at Brundage. You know, so. can you even add that to the master planning, honoring that this is a tradition in this community, that the parking lot is an important part of the culture? Right. And somehow supporting that, you know, with the porta potties or whatever. Yeah, it's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> you know, okay. Mike DeBoer, he is a big proponent. He's waiting for me to get him uh, a couple little venues. He's always wanted little fire pit and like grills out there, you know, scattered along there so that, you know, you could just come and throw your burger on and, and Brilliant. do that in a lot. Yeah, I can so, see people listening just applauding the idea right yeah. now. I'm looking at it from a from an economic side. I'm thinking of running a beer cart down there so that so that people people will buy their beer because tech not technically by law, of course. You yeah, know, and you need to make some money. Yeah, so how can we some money, some, right? how can we pull some food trucks down or yep. beer trolley yeah. or whatever? Sell so a little beer wine and, and uh start a North American tradition here in McCall at Brundage that's unique. Yeah, that's right. You might start a national trend. You know, the brown bakers are the people in the centennial lot. You know, we yes. people talk about brown bakers up in the lodge, but they're really all down in Centennial Lot. And, yeah, pretty uh, much. And it's great. And, and it's a great lot. And we've expanded that over the years. And mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to continue to expand that. Our shuttle system, you know, shuttle system from town. Good to know. Got a new shuttle this year. Okay. We work with Treasure okay. Valley Transit on that. That will continue to expand. It'll get, you know, to the point where there's a very reliable shuttle going from town to the mountain on a regular basis. So people who want to can just, on a fixed schedule, can walk to the curb and jump on a shuttle and be at the mountain. Try to minimize the amount of cars and congestions up the road. Super important. I think we've all been stuck in some yeah. traffic up there. Right. So keep keeping the shuttle. So just how many shuttles now will be running? So in the daytime, we run, there'll be a new 27 person. We used to run our, I think it was 14 people. Mm -hmm. Now we go to 27 and it, it'll run on the hour. So okay. it's a half an hour up, half an hour back. And then on holidays, we have a backup if we, we need to. Mm -hmm. so so we'll start to promote that as we as we dial it in. Yeah, it might be harder to do the tailgate party, but hey, go meet yeah. some new friends and join That's the right. tailgate. Yes, exactly. Did I hear you say there are actually two LLCs? Just more than that, <laughs> but you don't probably want to know all of them. But the structure really is that the holding company holds the resort, which is okay. the operating entity, and then the land side, which is the development entity in there, all owned under Brunish Mountain Holdings. So we'll do all the development of the lodging and the accommodations. We'll go in Village and um, the resort and the east side lift and all the resort expansion will go in resort. 
So, so under the holdings, you have a couple sort of sub-entities. That's right. And mm -hmm. you oversee all or both of these? Both of those. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's just good to know there's yeah. actually two sort of entities under mm -hmm. hold. That's what you called it, holdings. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And there may be more than that, more LLCs involved. There, there will be as we, you know, spin things off and develop those. You know, as you start to develop your infrastructure, there'll be a utilities company, right? So okay. that will handle all the water, sewer, and power. Lodging so, eventually might be another one. Right. A condo hotel up there might be a separate entity. Okay. You know, when you do things like that, you bring in people who are experts in the industry that, you know, have a reputation and know how to do that. That's not mm -hmm. a trivial, that's not trivial, but it's in the, it's in the uh, plan. Brundage is a fun place, <laughs> you know, if you, summer and winter. And if you haven't experienced that, it's not just a ski experience. Right. We haven't even talked about summer. No, and we've just been building our event portfolio. And we've, yeah, we the were biking. all the way up until March 17th yeah. <laughs> when we closed down for COVID. We're on a huge expansion on that to expand our summer and winter events and signature events, you know, the light up the nut. I'm so disappointed we're not going to do that this year, right? Oh, because it's the fireworks at the mountain. Yes. It's packed, remember? Yeah. You can't even move. Mm -hmm. There's thousands of people at mm -hmm. the base there. It's a great event. Um, the 4th of July, you know, we did the summit run, which we do every 4th of July. It's a 5K up, 5K down, a lot of vertical. So we have a lot of signature events. The Galande Coffee that we did, you know, which was great. We're building that up. We had scheduled eight concerts on the green, up from six. We had kids' uh, mountain biking program that comes as the big race and, and other races. And it's just becoming a places for events. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that's what we want. Summer, winter, off-season. And as part of that, there's a need for on-mountain accommodation. People want to come to an event, and then they want to stay there. And that will be a driver. That will also be hand-in-hand. -hand. We put this whole COVID on a rearview mirror. I'm a very optimistic guy, you know, looking forward down the road, you know, what it's going to be. Uh, we will be back up, ramped up, and with all sorts of fun events for this town, for the people who come in through here. And that will continue to drive our need for on-mountain accommodations as well. Sure. And summer concerts, I can imagine that even expanding. Oh. You got the parking lot now, oh so you can gosh. pack the cars in and do bigger mm -hmm. concerts? When we get a newer day lodge facility that's oriented right with the plaza, it'll accommodate um, different sizes, you know, smaller concerts than the large concerts, you know, in the, you know, on the green there. And, you know, we're just, the, the Friday series was great. And we started to serve dinner and, mm -hmm. you know, we'd get three, four, five hundred people. We'd end with Crosby. We'd have over a thousand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll have a destination restaurant up on the mountain, which I'm excited about. So we always need options from the call to go eat. Something mm -hmm. unique. We've done the, sure. the Bear Stand dinners, mm -hmm. and I'm very disappointed that we haven't been able to do those because we were just ramping up 20 to 30 people up in the Bear Stand at night and in the summer and the winter, and we do the cat skiing up to there. We drop you off, and those are the types of things that we'll get back on track with and um, will help drive the whole culture and how brothers evolves going You're forward. really looking at a variety of offerings and good things for the community. Right. If and you don't want to ski, there's plenty of other options. There is. I mean, the concerts are free. Of course, we'd like to sell you some food and alcohol, but the people just come up and they, they sit on the green. You can bike for free. You don't have to do the chairlift, but I mean, you can. Sure. we have these flow trails all around the mountain. Yeah. The mountain biking program is almost doubling over the last two years. And we're going to do it again. We're working right now with, with Simba and the Rim Trail and Forest Service. And we're about to connect Bear Basin to Brundage. Very exciting. Six miles. Uh, the trail is approved. Doing some environmental monitoring this spring. We have a grant 
from the uh, Albertson Foundation to help with the Forest Service. So Brundage Forest Service uh, will build this trail. And it's just that continued expansion, the whole McCall area, from Jug Handle all the way through to Tamarack, through to Bear Basin, through to Ponderosa Park, through to Brundage, has got an incredible offering of flow trails and mountain biking trails and mm-hmm. events and kids involved in programming. It's a huge evolving thing for this area. It's just a part of being involved in McCall, right? That's what we're doing. And, and I think that's when you know McCall, um, it's why I'm involved in these other aspects of, of yeah. what we're doing. And the mountain biking will be back on track this mm-hmm. summer. I'm excited about Love that. Love it. You can and bike from town to the top of the mountain without really going on the road. That's exactly right. That's yeah. going to be so I, That's so exciting. So stoked. You know, that's going to be mm-hmm. really good. So talk a little bit more about what else you've got your fingers in here in town, the um, Heritage Ski Foundation. Yeah, the McCall it? Ski Heritage Foundation. Dean and Patty, uh, Hubdi, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Diane and Judd DeBoer and Craig and others, Bert Armstrong, I should I know all the names by heart, but I don't. Eve Chandler got together two years ago. We decided we needed to capture the ski heritage in particular before we lost it all. Um, everybody was getting a little bit older and things were in people's desks and some old films shoved away in a corner. And we've started to collect that with the, um, with the goal in mind of writing and, and preserving the ski heritage, not only as it's been, but as it's going forward. The Mikulski Heritage Foundation and the Ponderosa Center mm-hmm. have a memorandum of understanding to actually place exhibits into the Ponderosa Center right. area that would be open to that. the public. Mm-hmm. So that we'd have really our first kind of walkthrough of history into okay. there. So these would be distinct exhibits that would be designed. There may be something mm-hmm. on 10th Mountain. There may be something on ski technology. There may be something on mm-hmm. Nordic skiing. There may be something on ski jumping, little ski hill. We haven't started to put our arms around the actual exhibits, but we're starting to collect the collect material things. and make certain it doesn't get mm-hmm. scattered. And the complete history, starting off with the Blackwells. The first real run in town was the, on the Blackwell property. Really? Right. And then it was little ski hill. I don't think people know that. I, I certainly didn't know that. Where Blackwell Lake is? No, but over here where... Um, Blackwell Lake was named for the Blackwell family. Okay. Over here, across through Spring, Spring Mountain. Okay. And that, that, that was the first ski run. Ski run. Pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of history that we'll be, you know, putting together. And, of course, mm-hmm. Eve Chandler is part of that. She um, did the, the Bogus Basin history book. She did the Brundage history book. Very exciting. And, of course, I'm on the, the board of the Ponderosa Center. We are in our really second full year of getting that underway and have a great group of people. We have, I think over 100 people in our director's circle right now. And we raised the 1.15, I think, million with mm-hmm. the board. We're now just going to start on our true fundraising campaign to raise $20 million to, to construct the Ponderosa Center, which will be the very first performance-oriented spot in the call so that we can actually accommodate year-round performances in groups of three to 400 people at one location. What has you be so interested in participating in that? McCall is just starting to fill out. There's two paths you can choose to when you look at these resorts down. You can mm-hmm. choose, I like McCall the way it is, and I don't want it to do anything. And you kind of put your blinders on a little bit, sure. and you hope it stays the way it is, and you do your own thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That you know, I get it, because I like McCall the way it is, too. Yeah. Or you 
embrace that McCall is going to be changing. And anybody who hasn't seen what's happened the last couple of years, I mean, you really have to be blind to the fact that the demographic and the intense heat from Treasure Valley uh, is incredible. I thought it began to tip a little bit more this last summer. Mm -hmm. It seemed like it was just, we hit some kind of a tipping point even more into what you're talking about. So the Ponderosa Center is really appealing across both those groups. Mm -hmm. People who have been here forever and have been looking for other things that they can do culturally, mm -hmm. even graduations that can't be held in one location, even school events. Um, we're working with Boise State. We're talking to Moss, some type of a place that can have performances, uh, can also be a place for, for education and conferences and things that could be accommodated at larger scale. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Dave Carey's involved in that because the property is right on the lake, so it's a stellar piece of property. It's his property. Um, Shore Lodge has been very supportive because the town kind of reaches a, a point of can't really accommodate more than 200 people, so this would be a, a larger gathering spot. So I see it as a, as a way to round out the experience in McCall. Just complements what we have on the lake, complements mm -hmm. what we have at Brundage Mountain, and it just gives an experience to not only people who are here year-round, but people who come up and uh, experience McCall. And I'm also hearing that you value collaboration. You get excited by working with different people, different groups, different organizations. Right. This kind of fires you up a little bit. It does. You know, you have the Music Society involved, and, and Richard and, and mm -hmm. that group, they're awesome to work with. And we have an incredible amount of energy in this town. It's a little eclectic, Yes. right? Uh, I'm involved in the airport, and I'm a flight pilot, and so I'm watching the airport master plan go on and interested mm -hmm. in how that's going to evolve yeah. for the community, and we're involved in, in what the chamber does in through here. And so. when you're in these different conversations, you can begin to connect things, you and can. It, it can really help inform what you're doing in any one place. That's exactly right. We encourage all of our employees to become part of the conversation here and participate. It's good for McCall. It's good for Brundage. Anything else you want to share with our listeners today? Any final words for us? Uh, final words? Um, <laughs> I, I, if you've <laughs> talked to me for words, I never have. Yeah, final for now, right? <laughs> I never have any final words. Most important is we're opening, right? And not my final word, but uh, I hope your skis are waxed. We haven't opened before Thanksgiving since 2005 uh, when we had 412 inches of snow. So this is a good thing for Brundage. It's a good thing for locals. can take advantage of it. They can get up there. A lot of the locals have been skinning up the mountain anyhow, which is great, right? So there's been 30, 40, 50 cars in the parking lot you know, over the last couple of weeks. And what's most important about Brundage is that you can put your skis on and go up there and have a great time. And uh, that's not going to change. That remains the same, and we're all excited to get the season going. And we have all our COVID protocols in place. We're going to manage in, in that regard and hope that as the vaccine catches up, that we can see some daylight here in, in this next summer and, and get back to our normal mm -hmm. operations so we can provide all the fun that we have in the past for Brundage. You love seeing the parking lot full of cars. Yes. Yeah, it's great. And now there are more cars. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Bob at the Hill. How can people find you or reach you if they have a question or want to talk? Um, I'm pretty accessible. You normally find me. So uh, we have a crew that meets at the lift. At, now, remember, maybe I shouldn't tell everybody, but remember the lift starts at 9 o'clock now. It used to be 9.30. <laughs> the lift starts at 9 o'clock if you want to find Bob. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm, I'm going to be in that line with that yeah. 9 o'clock group. Yeah. Yeah, you're out there, aren't you? We try to ski as much as we can. Yeah, on the mountain. yeah, that's a good do. time to catch me. And you have to have uh, 
be open to ideas when you're in this position, and I am because I get a lot of suggestions and a lot of ideas on the mountain. You ride on a lot people. of chairs with people chairs. who want to give you yep. their opinion, yeah. and that's welcomed. Mm -hmm. And that's very welcome. So, Great. Thanks so yeah. much, Bob, for giving us your time today and sure. for giving us a little bit of your vision for the mountain. I'm Renee Silvis with Spotlight McCall. For more archives of previous podcasts, you can go to cubmccall.com. Thanks for listening. Now go and find some inspiration.